Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you ready? Hey, guys. Come on. Bring it in. Welcome back to the podcast dedicated to the most precious human pastime. I sit down with friends, idols, and inspirations of mine to shoot the breeze about music, life, family, food, whatever. I'm Gregory Porter, and this is The Hang. I think the thing that maybe I'm aiming for is a sense of my own peacefulness with the realization that I'm going to make a whole bunch of music and some of it's going to work and some of it's not going to work. But if there's a sense of trust that I can build between me and my audience, then that will last longer than any particular flavor of the moment. You cannot begrudge talent. But Jacob Collier, I'm sorry. It's not fair. One person should not be allowed to have so much. I didn't believe it was true for a second until I saw his face on the Skype and it's like, no, that's Quincy Jones. He was like, hey man, how many girlfriends you got? And I was like, think fast, think fast, uh, 27. <laughs> and he was like, oh man, I only got 22. You know, and it was like, oh geez. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan and you are going to enjoy this for sure. I was still on a journey. I feel like I'm just getting started, man. So here, sit back, grab a drink and let's do this. Come on. Jacob Collier, man, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with me. This is The Hang, and where do we, uh, where do we speak to you from? Gregory, it's so good to see you, man. Uh, we are speaking, uh, I suppose, from about 8,000 kilometers apart. I'm in North London, and you must be in California or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Bakersfield, California, man. Beautiful, man. Wonderful. And we find ourselves in, uh, in this difficult time for all of us, but an interesting time, possibly a very creative time. But there's a lot of disappointment because we haven't been able to to do what it is that that we we do. But I think I think as I hear in your music and I and I as I and, and what I know of your personality, both private and, and publicly, your your optimistic person. And hmm. I know and you're a workaholic. Uh-huh. Uh, judging from all of the instruments <laughs> and, and technology, I know that you use this time to um, to create. Um, have you been you've been making music? I, actually, I see you actually every day doing something new on social media. Uh-huh. On yeah. social media, so you are staying busy as as hell. You're right. You're so right, man. I I can't stop. You know, it, it's mm. it's weird. I miss touring so much. I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, it's an unprecedented time. I think a lot. You know, a, a lot of people are uh, are trying to solve problems in brand new ways. You know, things that we've never attempted before. But honestly, I'm grateful. I'm really, really grateful for this time. And you know, I, I've I've been bestowed a little uh, swathe of time to be at home with family in this in this room that I learned music in for longer than I ever dreamed it would ever be possible again. You know, I sort of thought, well, I'm never going to be home for more than two weeks at one time because I have to be jetting off to somewhere for some reason or some performance or some, you know, whatever it happens to be. And, and 
it's been really, really cool to be able to be at home and invest some time in my space and in myself a little bit. But yeah. honestly, I haven't stopped since March. Yeah, man. I, I, um, it's, it's, it's a strange thing because there's, it's, it's two things that happen. You miss it, but then it is a great thing to be able to have, to have this time. I'm, I'm, you know, I see you everywhere around the world. Most times you're just leaving as I get there. We keep keep passing like ships in the night. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, you know, you probably keep a schedule like me close to 200 appearances or shows or whatever a year. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And so those times where you have two weeks of uninterrupted uh, status in one place in your home, is unusual. So, so that, that we've had. And I think sometimes, um, I don't know what your process is musically. We'll talk about that. I don't know if you need space and time. I don't know if you do well with movement. I don't, I don't know if travel is, is inspiring to you or, you know, are you surrounding yourself with listening to different things or, or, or do you, are you just giving yourself time to pull things out of your own head. And that is a, it is a vast head that you have. I'm not saying you have a big head. I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Vast headed. Yeah, no, I I feel you. It feels vast to me at times, for sure. It's this unending kind of whirlpool of ideas and and Mm. things. And I I love the way you put it actually about sort of extracting things, time to extract things from your own universe, from your own world, things you love, things you're challenged by. I think it's, it's amazing to, have that time and 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 golly, it's really rare when you're touring to have, as you say, two weeks, of, even two weeks of uninterrupted time. Yeah. I I would say that you know I'm a huge introvert at heart, right? And I learned music very much sort of as a as a self self led learner. I'm quite an autodidact in a sense, and a lot of my process has been about play and play in in solitude in in part. You know, yeah. a lot of learning music is about playing with others, but for me, a lot of my production exp- experiments and songwriting processes come from being in this very room actually and just just mucking around and and mucking around takes time yeah you know mucking around doesn't happen overnight and i, I don't think that you know it's possible to to grow a skill set in in a, in a flash and right. I, I feel like sometimes people look at you know somebody like yourself or someone like me and think well we just sort of dropped into the world fully formed you know right. but i think the reality is that to to work a craft and to get used to using it and operating within it and knowing where to put yourself within your process, how much of yourself you give, that takes time and it takes space. And so I, I feel, you know, like I'm able to sort of, you know, luxuriate in, in a little bit more um, time to breathe, space to think. Uh, and whilst traveling is highly inspirational for me and I, I love being in a rush, you know, I, I feel like that brings something out of me that I can't get otherwise. I'm, I'm really thrilled to to figure out what on earth to do with my life now that I'm not in so much of a rush and I'm really benefiting from that. Yeah. Well, I think your um the palette, the palette of of music that you're interested in and that interests you and even that you have a command of is is impressive. And um I'm just curious about the foundation of, of that. I suspect um, because I'm, I, I, I like to be somewhat of a psychic or a, or a mystic about these things, and and just imagine what your youth was like and and how you 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 come to develop and craft 
this uh, domicile that is you, this music house that you have, who mm. who helped put it together? Who what did you listen to 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 build this thing that you have? T- tell me about uh, your influences and your parents. Um, who 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 helped you? Oh, great questions, man. Really. Um, so I was brought up uh, basically by a single mother. I'm the eldest of three children. And we grew up listening to literally everything, everything in the world, right? So we had Stevie on really heavy rotation. People like Sting were really important. Bobby McFerrin for The Voice for me was a complete game changer. Um, and in tandem, you know, you had things like Bartok and Stravinsky and Benjamin Britten and, and Bach and, and these rich classical composers who, who gave me such a sense of grounding, I think. And, and then you had, you know, you had the jazzers, you know, I grew up on Miles and it was really important and Cannonball and and Coltrane and, and that whole side of things was kind of revolutionary for me. And, and then you had the Jonies and the, and, and the, the Bob Dylans. And, and I, I guess I was also really interested in some of the stuff that my mum w- w- tried to get me into early and I, I didn't get it. And I got it when I was about 14, but you know, things like Beck and Bjork and a lot of kind of left field stuff that's really out there and, and, and kind of interesting sonically, you know, not just harmonically, melodically, rhythmically, but actually in terms of sound and placement of sound. And and I was super lucky to have this room as a space. You know, when I was seven, I, I got my hands on Cubase, which is like a, a music software for layering tracks. And when I was 11, I upgraded from that to, to Logic, um, back when Logic was still owned by eMagic, you know. And uh, that whole era of my life was a fascinating one because it was my first canvas, you know. And I was able to conceive of a sound and then make the sound exist, whether it was through my voice or from something I found on the computer or a Casio MIDI keyboard or whatever it was. It was it was a place I could make things happen, a place I could birth things and edit things and zoom into a process. And I really loved that. And once I had a little taste of it, you know, at the beginning, I really couldn't get enough. And I would set myself these challenges, you know, see if you can arrange this song in a crazy way. You know, how how far can you push your the harmonic vocabulary? How much can you push the rhythm? And and you know, I, I wasn't really particularly much of an instrumentalist. At any point in my in my life, really, well, especially at that time, I was a musician. I was listening to music. I was learning how to understand it and and arrange it and write it more than I was spending time at the piano or at the bass or at the drums. You know all these different things. And it's funny because later on, you know, when I was I suppose about fifteen, sixteen, I started to to play more piano and learn what it was to actually be a, be a pianist. But that was really new for me because at first it was really like I was listening to the music that was being played by the piano. But I couldn't do anything on the piano itself. I couldn't even put my thumb underneath my fingers as I was playing scales. It was like I would hop up and down with my four fingers, and you know. But I, I really, I was such a, a kind of self, yeah, a, a self-led learner, and I, I learned from listening. I, I didn't learn from practicing and from teachers and stuff like this. Really, I, I was my own boss. Mm-hmm. And the thing I'm most grateful for when I look back at my childhood was a space to create and the trust that my voice was valid. You know. And and there was always with my mum, there was always a, a set of listening ears. And if I had something I wanted to explore or say or examine or question or break, you know, it was safe. It was safe to break it, safe to expand on that. Who gives you that license? I mean, we hold these truths, <laughs> you know, to be mm. self-evident that 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 you are you are given these unalienable rights, but quite frankly, you're not. You, you, mm. you, there are some fears, sometimes some natural barriers that you have to get through that sometimes that it, it requires most oftentimes mama to say, 
Yes, you can do that. You can do that. Son. Right, right, right. And so did you you have that? She she I mean, just j- just hearing what you were listening to. Uh, from Bartok to Bjork. <laughs> That's dope. That's so dope, you know? I, I loved it all, man. And I, you're you're so right about the the, the mama, you know, the, the force of the mama. And, and yeah, Susie, you know, Susie Collier completely birthed that that space in my life. I mean, she birthed my life, obviously, but but the space for me to be safe to play and all that stuff, I think that really that really came from her. And I, I'm 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 a I'm definitely a believer in the idea that children aren't born with fear. I don't think a child comes into the world with fear and limitation mm. and mm. judgment and mm. these things. I don't think that's how it works. I think that children come into the world as these infinite seers and beings, and they can, they can, they can do it. They can feel it all. They can do it all. They can see it all. And mm. I think that you know, the more that is encouraged, the more it lives and yeah. breathes and talks. Yeah. And I, I think it's actually really rare to make it out of childhood with that voice still in your head. Well, okay. Because, you know, what happens is the fear comes from outside and it comes in and closes those voices down. You know? Right. It has to be protected. Um, so this, this, this freedom that was afforded you, it has it to does. be protected because it, it can it be, clo- it can be closed off by one teacher, or one critic, or even a group of friends exactly. to say, Oh, that's stupid. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're thinking, man. Oh, that's yeah. nerdy. Ridiculous. Oh, that's, they can put a whole bunch that's of mean, mean, mean names to it. You're so right, man. I, I, it's funny because music is not, you know, music is not math. It's much more like science in my mind, in the sense that it's flexible. You know, it's not like two plus two always equals four. It can equal something different depending on who you are. Yeah. And I think the fascinating thing about these chemical reactions that we chase as songwriters, creators, life performers, those moments of absolute magic, synergy, connection, those things can't be designed by any particular method. But I think that if there's one thing that I sort of adhere to, it's, it's, it's the child in me that, that knew it all along, you know, because I think children are the wisest among us. And, and I think it's a, it's a dangerous time when you go through school, because as you say, one person who, who you know, says, says, says something that, that closes you down or, or you know, sh- shuts you off or, or makes, a, makes a judgment, that can be the ruination of someone's openness. And, you know, I think that all of us, you know, me included, have to spend a lot of time and energy kind of unraveling the people in our lives that have done that to us mm-hmm. and to try and reconnect with the parts of ourselves that are beyond those, those challenges. And, and I think the thing that I'm realizing is that they're all there. You know, you can always find the child in you and you can always find the part of you that, that had the answers and that knew and saw it before there was this idea of, oh, this is right and this is wrong, or this is the way it should be done. And if you don't do it the way that I do it, then, you know, you're a loser or you're, you're never going to fit in them. You know, I feel like almost everyone, I'm interested to hear if you've had any experiences like this, but I feel like everyone in the world of music who, who I, I respect will have had some degree of people saying, you know, don't be, don't, don't be so kind of, you know, don't, don't, don't be so creative. You know, you're not going to, you know, this isn't how it's done. You're supposed to do it like this. It's supposed to be rigid and fit into the category. And a lot of my schooling was about trying to come to terms with the fact that like th- these guys weren't wrong. They, they had a point, but like, but I had I had my own universe to build. I, I didn't really care what what they what they felt, you know. And and so I've had to come 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 to peace with, with coming through those experiences and those voices, and and still be Jacob on the other side. Yeah, there is a, there was a thing, in my family, in my culture, in my country, uh, this thing, uh, probably is the human experience, but. Who do you think you are? 
Mm. Who do you think you are? You you can't do it your way. There was a <laughs> way uh, that that existed before you, and you have to follow that way. Exactly. Also, there's a thing in particular, in particular, in, in uh, that happens in the Black American Church, which is this uh, this thing that you have to traverse the the spiritual and and the secular which is uh if you don't use your talent your gifts for god mm. can be taken away from you so i had this thing in my head that if i don't use it in a way that 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 pleases the 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 the, the bishop mm. i will you know, they, they the, the old church ladies when I was a little boy, they they made it so dramatic. He'll uh, if you don't use it for God, he'll take it away from you. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I crazy. thought my voice would be bloody. I thought I'd be spitting up blood. Oh uh, yeah, no kidding. And, crazy. and so, so these are in a way of it's a way to to keep you in line and and in a way to probably keep you as a member of the culture. There, there's probably some some you know, some perfect, reasonable rules why this happens. But uh, Well, that's the thing. And, and I think this is the interesting question is, you know, are there ways of keeping people, you could say, in line or sensible or reasonable mm-hmm. without, without doing that, without doing the fear thing, you know, without saying like, if you don't do this, you're in trouble. Or if you do this, you're in trouble. And I, I really believe there are other ways of, of communicating those messages. You know, my mom who, who, who brought me up, she, she was not a, a disciplinarian at all. Mm. And so there was there was not a sense of like do your practice. If you don't do your practice, you're going to be a failure, and you know all all that stuff. Like that that was far more how how my my dad was actually like he mm. was he was much more like that. But but my mom was a real open mind, and and she kind of gave me the wings to explore. But she wasn't without any boundaries. And um, I think this is the interesting thing. It's like you can actually, I think it's possible. When I look back at my childhood, I think it it was definitely possible to have a sense of actually this feels this feels wrong to me or this feels right to me. And, you know, that can be in a moral sense, philosophical sense, religious sense, but also in a musical sense. And I think that one of the things that I sort of attribute my, I don't know, my freedom or confidence to is the feeling like when I felt something was right, it was right. And when I felt something was wrong, it was wrong. Me, like Jacob, Mm -hmm. my voice felt that. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't about waiting for somebody else to say, this is wrong or this is right. Mm -hmm. People have opinions, but but you know, it, it came back to me. It came back to the world that I wanted to be inhabiting and the priorities and tastes that I had. You know, I think it's amazing to think about the fact that you know, say you and I, for example, you know, we 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 make a very different kind of music, but the music has a, you know a lot in common because I think we've listened to a lot of the same people. But mm-hmm. the way that the people we've listened to has gone through our minds and bodies and been digested and come out is really different. And I love that, man. I think mm-hmm. it's tremendous because it it gives. It kind of gives space for the world to be this this playground, and you know, you, you know, you you listen to Marvin Gaye, and I listen to Marvin Gaye, and out come two different things, and I think that there's a majesty about that that yeah. is the complete opposite of fear. You yeah. know, it's like it's letting yourself be the person you are, and letting yourself see the world the way you want to see it. Hey guys, you're listening to The Hang. Hit subscribe or follow on your podcast thingamajig of choice to get every episode of The Hang fresh off the presses. I lost a feeling, but you give me meaning again. Hold up. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You, um, you speak, you know, very comfortably about your journey, but <laughs> we have to acknowledge That your journey is has been accelerated because um, whether you say it or not, are you comfortable with with, with uh, these terms of prodigy and and genius? Are you com- are you comfortable with those words? I I don't know how to think about it really. I, I don't I don't think about myself particularly as spectacular, but then I don't think anyone really does. Mean mm. uh, I I think that. You know, I think the word genius is interesting. If you look at the, the the way that the ancient Greeks used to talk about the word genius, I think they would think about it as something that happened to you, rather than something that you were or are. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I have a genius today. I, 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 someone opened a window into the divine. You know, mm. and that's beautiful. And I like that. And I, I know the feeling. I know the feeling of having a window into the divine and being able to access that. And I, I know you do too. And I don't think genius is something that you own or. Something that you are as a constant basis, but I, I I know I know the moments where I where I I get that magic and I I, I live for those moments. Yeah, but you're right in the sense that you know I, I think I've 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 happened to gather a, a set of skills which because the world is maybe as it is these days has enabled me to have some degree of success writing music, performing music, and and that's a, that's a really interesting problem to solve. You know, as you're still growing and. You know, it all happened to me quite early on. You know, not crazily early on, not twelve or thirteen, but you know, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and stuff. And and this is a time in your life where you know you don't have a clue who you are, but you know you're you're led by forces in your life, both creatively and otherwise. And I think it's it's a really interesting time to think about what those forces are are, are leading you to do. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to write music, and that was something that I was energized to do. And so I was doing it. But as I was doing it, the world was seeing it. And at first, it was really. That was a bit dissonant. It was like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to show you this. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I like it or not. But, but you know, in the end, it went out. And I think now I'm grateful for having had to do that and, and the pressure that that I went through with that. I mean, now it's interesting because you know more more people than ever, I guess, are interested in what I'm doing or listening to the music I'm making. Um, but I sort of I've never felt more safe just to mess around. Yeah, because I think that there's something magical that's able to be possible. That I found to be possible in the 21st century music industry, which is that people can trust you more than they trust the music that you make, and that grants you a really sustainable freedom in the world of creativity. Because you know, I, I I'm interested in and excited by so many different kinds of music. Some of the kinds of music are so different from 
from the next. You know, it's like how can you like Flying Lotus and you know Bruckner in the same sentence? And it's like no, you you can, but but it takes a really broad brush. And so you know, I make all this different, all this this broad breadth of music, and I think some of it people respond to, and some of it other people respond to, and that's a beautiful thing. And I think the thing that maybe I'm aiming for is a sense of my own peacefulness with the realization that I'm going to make a whole bunch of music and some of it's going to work and some of it's not going to work. And certain parts will appeal to one kind of person, certain parts will appeal to other kind of person. But if there's a sense of trust that I can build between me and my audience, then that's that will last longer than any any particular flavor of the moment or taste that people might have. It's like a sense of you know, I, I you know, for example, I, I feel this way about you. You know, I, I know if I listen to a Gregory Porter record, I'm gonna hear the world through Gregory Porter's ears, and I trust those ears. And that's cool. And that means that you can stretch me. It means that you can challenge me because I believe in you as a musician further even than the music that you're making. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been something I've been consciously thinking about and developing this sense of kind of, you know, all the flavors are welcome within this kind of under this one roof. And and that means that I don't have to be fully fledged, you know, in my creativity. I don't have to wait until I'm ready to start mm-hmm. making something to share it with people because I'm I'm interested in something bigger than the music I'm sharing. I'm interested in this far grander sort of dialogue, as in the, the scale is what's grander. You know, mm-hmm. you said something earlier about we 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 make different music, but I think we're trying to achieve the same thing. Mm. You're using your intellect. You're using your gifts. Um, I don't think you're doing it for theory's sake. I think you're (laughs) doing it to move people emotionally. And I listened to your music and I was like, I was like, okay, why is he doing that? And then um, (laughs) it, it hits, it hits me instantly to elevate them to, to leave them hungry for something to make mm. them to wait to create anticipation to build it's all drama and you're using uh, these uh, magnificent extremely complex chords to create attention inside their bodies i do the same thing with my voice mm. i create a a a a longing a sadness in order to deliver some pacification in some way mm, maybe later it. on in the tune and 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 it is and it is I hear it and it's your personality. And so this is a funny thing is I'm sure people walk up to you and feel like they know you um, by, listening, by listening to your music. Oh yeah. And you probably have to push them off a bit. It's like, yo, yo, back up. <laughs> I've experienced that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. For sure. right. Yeah. Because, because you've made them feel a certain way, both with your voice and, and, through all of this instrumentation, I, I am I, I am fascinated and a bit jealous at at at, at uh, your ability to work with so many different people. That that's that's really cool. You know, from for for a person who who who's who started off working on their craft in a singular kind of uh, setting. Uh, doing things their own way. I, I've watched you with so many different artists and collaborating with people. And <laughs> it's always dope. And I'm always like, dang. I, and, I, and I'm like, I'm like dang, how, how long did they work on that? And I bet you worked on it for 30, 45 minutes. And it just, 
<laughs> and it comes out looking like you guys have been working for three or four weeks. And I'm like, man, that's really cool. That's really cool. Oh, I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, Thank even you. to this day, I still, I, I say, I need time with people. And I'm uh, sure you're just like, come on, let's get together and let's just create some magic. Oh, it, it's not always like that, honestly. I, there, there are moments where you think like, man, this is happening quick. This is really happening <laughs> right now. But but I, I think time is super important. And, and it's been interesting with the collaborations because it's actually pretty rare, especially recently for obvious reasons, that I'll be in the room with them. You know, yeah. they, they'll come over and hang out and we'll get to talk and we get to talk about what they're interested in outside of music and get to know them a bit as a person, get, you know, get their sense of humor down and all this yeah. stuff. And like, these are things that make people really human. And I love that. The, the, the texture of someone when you get to know them is that defines the music. But, you know, a lot of the music, for example, on this latest album, Jesse Volume 3, a lot of it was done remotely. And that's a challenge because you have to kind of suss someone's universe out over Zoom. And that's difficult. That's difficult to do. And, and I think that the, the time I spend on Zoom with these people is fleeting. But the time I spend afterwards thinking, okay, how can I capture what I believe to be the essence of this person? What makes this person special? What makes them tick? What turns their audience on? You know, yeah. How can I capture this thing in, in my own process? But, and that, honestly, that, that, can, that can be a one afternoon or it can be you know, a few months of work. But mm-hmm. But I think it's a, a real privilege to, to hold these people's worlds in my hands as the producer of the album, you know, and, and think, well, how can I frame this story in, in a way that is, is compelling? And how can I build a bridge from, from my world to the next? And I was so compelled to do this quadruple project, you know, Jesse, for this reason. I, I felt like, well, I've, I've kind of done the thing of doing it all myself, you know, arranging and mixing and, you know, playing the instruments, performing it and, and, and all the stuff, writing the music, whatever. And, and I wanted wow. to have a bit of fresh water, I guess. You know, so Jesse Volume One was orchestral. I, you know, did some stuff with with the Metropole Orchestra, and yeah, and that was them. super cool. And and you know, I, I know you, I know you, you know, you, you know those musicians. They're super special. And, yeah. And then, vol, you know, Volume Two, it gets cozier. The acoustic space closes in, and it's, you know, it's interesting. It's it's kind of more. It's more R and B. It's songwriting. It's folky. It's it's gentle and it's rocky. And then with Volume Three, it opens all out, and it becomes more, you know, R R and B centric poppy. It's got hip hop elements in. It's got soul elements in, and digital electronic elements and I've loved this music for my whole life man but yeah. but but I could sit here and create my version of it all day long but but working with someone like Ty Dolla Sign or Kimbra or Leanne Le Havas you know or Voches 8 and or Take 6 so these amazing universes in their own right that have defined so much for me it's a real it's like going it's like going to college you know yeah. I didn't really go to college properly so for me this this four albums it's I Recently, been thinking about it. It's almost like a, a, a four-year undergrad. I almost want someone to hand me a little certificate at the end and be like, "You've completed your dissertation or something." Because, right. oh, man, I can't tell you how much I've learned from these people. Yeah, but I, but I, I bet there, there there are like tons of music schools and colleges that ask you to come and give a lecture and and uh, for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that, I, that's I, been I know this happened. I, I didn't go to I didn't go to a music conservatory. And my musical understanding in theory is much, it's probably you, you have more in your big toe than I have, uh, in your little toe <laughs> than I have in my whole body. But uh, it is interesting how, how, you know, you have been in the practice of music the entirety of your life. Music has been running through your veins. And so your degrees actually out. <laughs> your your degrees in life actually outweigh what what probably that that people could give you, and and you're still on a journey. Oh, still on a journey. I feel like I'm just getting started, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how did that? How did the collaboration with you and and um, 
Uh, Tori Kelly. How did that happen? Uh, yeah, um, uh, Tori is just, she was a real hero of mine. Oh, it was a real teenage crush for me, you know, Tori. There's the voice, just unbelievable, <laughs> dexterity, crazy, you know, and she, 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 she's so lovely, you know. So, yeah. so I, I know, I've been wanting to work with her for a while and it was this funny thing actually, about three years ago, we just sort of bumped into each other. It, it was actually at the Grammys, weirdly enough. It was like, we were, we were both running around like from one place to another. It was, all, it was such a lot of rush on that day. And suddenly it was like, Tori Kelly, man, I can't believe it. You're oh, here you are. I love you. you know? right. She was like, oh, I feel the same way. And it was just this fleeting moment. And it's funny. It, it, it was like later that night after everything had sort of died down, we, well, actually it hadn't really died down. We were sitting in this really loud club and everyone was going crazy. And it was like, Grammy party. And, and we were just trying to hear each other think it's like, hey, so who'd you listen to when you were five, you know, and just try, trying to get to know each other. Cause we, you know what, I think we were both such fans of each other's worlds, which, you know, blew my mind. And, and about three days later, she came over to this, this, uh, this basement I was working out of in, in Los Angeles. And we wrote this tune called running out of love. And, and well, at least we started writing it and well, she, she's super seasoned, you know, it was one of those, one of those moments where you think like, wow, you, you know how to make something happen out of thin air, like yeah. writing wise. Cause I was super nervous. You know, I hadn't really written with anyone before in that way, like had a session in a studio and uh-huh. I'd lay down this groove with a bass and a kick and a snare. And I was like, Hey, oh, what do you think? And she was just like, it ain't always. And I was like, what, how did that, where right. did I come from? You know, come she, from? she had it right yeah. there. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, that was three years ago and we, we spent, you know, we spent the next, whatever it was, 30, 36 months kind of, sitting on it and I, I didn't work on it for a couple of years because I was doing volume one and volume two and, mm-hmm. and stuff and came back to it about a year ago. And I thought, man, this is actually, there's, there's something in this that I yeah. love, you know, she, yeah, she's, cool. got, she's got the soul and I love the, the structure of the melody is beautiful and, and it, it's also quite minimal, especially by my standards. It's like, there's not much going on. It's kind of like a bass, a kick, a snare and a voice. And I was really drawn to that, you know, there's no kind of incandescence and stuff. So, so, so that was, that was fun to just to sit with and, and spend time with and, she, she swung by this room actually about, I guess about eight months ago. She was actually the last visitor in my house before lockdown. Okay. And she, she came through and, and she kind of did the finishing touches on the song. And I, I, I knew I, I had something special in the bag. Yeah, I think so. And, and it's cool what you, what do you, even, <laughs> even though you call it simple, there's a lot of going on in the there's song. There's a lot going it's, on. It's still, it's still very <laughs> cool. And stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like little snippets here and there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah so I, I, I love that. And um, we, we briefly met at the Grammys. I tell you what happens to me is there's so much going on. And there's so mm. many faces and personality and there's so much music coming it across. Crazy, man? It's it's bizarre. You were, it might've been three years ago. It might've been yeah. that same Grammy. You were sitting right behind me. I think it was you That's and right. your mother. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I swear to God, I turned around and I looked at you. I was like, I know him, but I can't. <laughs> can't place it. I can't place it. I, I can't put it all together. I said, I think that's, I think that's Jacob, but I, his hair is spikier than I've known it to be before. So I don't, cause you know, this is, this is, this is the thing that could be messed up. You know, you know, you don't want to walk up to the temptations and say, um, oh man, I really love how the four tops have been going, you know, for, you don't understand what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Thank you for September. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doesn't work out. Doesn't work out. Right. You want to make sure the temptations are the temptations and the four uh, tops yeah. are the four tops. So we've all had moments like we, we we've all had moments like that. Yeah. So if I turned around and looked at you like, you know, who do you think you are? It was it was because I was trying to 
No, I, I, it's funny. I, I remember it's, you know, it's all, it's all a, cl- a hazy cloud. The whole, the Grammys is crazy. You know, like we all know it's crazy. And I was never expecting to win the damn things. And so, you know, I, I have a smoky memory, but I, I do remember you, you sitting right there. And yeah. I, it was, it's a funny old thing, isn't it, man? Like you, you see all these people that you kind of half know, or you, you know, as you say, you, you think you know, and right. you, you really respect, or you just don't respect at all. And <laughs> you also, you're all sort of in the same boat and you're all trying to figure out what you know, no one really feels like they deserve to be there. It's just this funny old. It's a funny old thing, isn't it? It's 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 really it's cool when one of the masters gets up, and then you you realize, okay, that's a master. Because at, at the Grammys, you can uh, have a lot of puffery that's yeah, exactly. floating around, and then. Diana Ross gets up and does her thing, and then <laughs> That's just how it's done. and then you you all all of a sudden you're a, again reduced to being a child, yeah, and yeah, seeing a feeling. real master. Where I'm going with this is like, um, when was the first time you met probably the greatest producer and, and musical mind uh, that we've ever known? Uh, yeah, Quincy Jones. When was the first time you met him? It's funny. I I made this video. Uh, in this in this very room, I, I did an arrangement of "Don't You Worry About a Thing," which is a Stevie tune, and it was the first time in my life where I experienced that kind of virality moment. It was like go to sleep, good you know, good day's work, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, have a little bagel, come in, and it's like oh, oh one hundred thousand people have watched the video. What am I supposed <laughs> to feel about that? You know, um, but way crazier than that, which was already crazy, was my my email inbox just kind of. Pepper, peppered with people I loved and respected. You know, Herbie Hancock had written me this message and it was like, hey, Jacob, you know, you're such a, you're so killing. And it was like, are you, are you serious? You know, are you serious? Shocking, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. And, and then, you know, I scrolled down and so Pat Metheny had written me a note and it was take six. And I thought, how in the world has this got around to this? How has this happened? You know? And then obviously at the, the bottom of the par is like Quincy and, it's like, hey, I'm Quincy Jones, and you know, I wanna, I wanna hang out, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll hang out, I'm, I, I'll, I'll do it, and I didn't, I didn't believe it was true for a second until I saw his face on the Skype, and it's like, no, that's Quincy, that's really Quincy Jones, <laughs> and then they think, well, I don't know what to say uh, to you, Quincy, and you know, I remember he was like, he was like, hey, man, how many girlfriends have you got? And I was like, I, I was like, oh, think fast, think fast, uh, twenty-seven. <laughs> And he was like, he was like, oh man, I only got 22, you know? And it was like, oh geez. <laughs> uh, and, and so, and then he was like, hey man, where, where'd you, where'd you learn those chords? And, and I, and I was like, I, don't, I mean, from you, man, like, <laughs> what do you mean? Where did I learn those chords? I listened to you my whole life and here you are on my screen. It was just an insane, it was an insane moment in my life. And, you know, fast forward six months and he, he flew me out to the, out to the, the Montreux Jazz Festival, which I, I know we, we both love. And, yeah. And you know, Herbie, Herbie was there, and I met Herbie, and I, and it was just this amazing, it was an amazing moment, man. It was like, wow, these people are not just, you know, these aren't, they're not just statues, they're not caricatures, they're real, like they're real people, they're flesh, they're real people, they have smells, and they have armpits, and it, yeah. it's amazing to realize that. Yeah, I, he invited us to his house at 12, 12 o'clock at night, and uh, for, <laughs> for for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm classic. Like, I'm like, aren't you, spe- you know, I'm thinking, you know. Past your bedtime? You're right. I'm thinking, you know, this is a man of advanced age. I'm thinking he's going to be winding down. 
<laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's telling people, you know, I, I need a little bit of wine with this, with this fish, you know, <laughs> for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. He brings the fish out and we're eating with our fingers. He's like, oh, you don't need no knife and fork. And it was such, such a surreal and beautiful moment. Uh, yeah. That we're eating out of the same plates with our, with our fingers. And we're just talking about, he's, he's talking about, you know, Nat King Cole and Dinah Washington in in a way that you speak intimately about friends. And so it was a yeah, whole yeah. different, it's it's even better than a book, you know. It's unbelievable. And it's unbelievable. It's, it's, cr- it's crazy. And he's one of those cats where you can zoom into any decade of his life and he's broken a mold. He's done something that's never been done before. He's yeah. done something impossible, achieved an incredible level of success. And, yeah. But he's, he's still such a human, you know. Right. And I, I love him for that. And And it's inspiring. Hmm. It's there's no there's no need to even break out a, a instrument or it's just the conversation can elevate elevate your music. How oh, is yeah. it that you haven't you haven't said, oh, Gregory, I think you can improve this this way. <laughs> yeah. Just in I, our having been in the room with Ella, right. you know, like I, I, I must say, like, yeah, he's amazing like that. Just just Quincy saying to you, oh, baby, you own it. You moving, you you taking <laughs> yeah. it up, you you turning it up, you turning the volume up, you turning the soul up. You t- just him saying that elevates your your spirit, and and can take it. So so I can imagine, I can imagine him being in in the studio with Frank Sinatra or 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 Michael or Sammy or, you know, or 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 James Ingram or anybody, hmm. and just those those. As well as, you know, the music is buttressing him as well. But he's his so optimistic and inspiring. That takes you to another level as well. And so driven, you know. I, I always feel like that when I look back at his work and you think, this guy didn't rest. You know, it's like, and, and it, it's crazy that you think, you know, Thriller, Off the Wall. He was, he was, he was past 50 doing that stuff. Right. It's like, you know, most people are like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to, it's a bit like, you know, what you're saying about going over at midnight. It's like, aren't you, aren't you winding down now, man? Like, haven't you kind of proven your, you know, you, you've, you've built, you've built castles and it's like, no, you, you, st- you still got to do Thriller. And, and that's before, that's, that's it. That's only the eighties, you know, wait till he gets to the nineties and he's bridging it hip hop with jazz. And it, it's just crazy. It's, it's beautiful and it's inspiring and it's, and it's human, you know, and, and he's so funny, you know, and, and I think he brings things right down to earth. And honestly, I, my impression of Quincy is that he's had too many stuffy conversations where, where people come up and is like, Quincy, I, you know, I was, I'm a friend of a friend of a friend of someone you met back in 77. And like, <laughs> we have, it's like, come on, man. Like what, you know, what, what, what's your star sign? You know, <laughs> and, and he'll just, he'll cut right through. And I think he's gotten really good at that. He's got a good sketch, you know, a good set of skills for, for just being like, you know what? Cut the crap. Like, right. Who are you, man? Like, and what do you love? And let's talk about human stuff. That's it exactly. That's it exactly. He, he, here I was thinking that uh, I was going to the, the holy grail of music and we were going to, like he was going to break something down about, yeah. you know, some musical term or whatever. And he was like, how many kids you got? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I, I got one boy and he's, you know, he's, 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 he's really the life. And uh, he looks at my wife, puts her arm around her. He said, 
you need to go and have two or three more kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so Quincy. I, I just love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, he, he's, he's the ability to, to bring his humanity uh, to music is extraordinary. And I think ultimately in, in what it is that we're, that we're doing, what we're trying to do with music, it's what, what we're trying to do. It's, it's what you, you mentioned earlier. Uh, the idea of letting your person, personality, your charisma, personal charisma come through, come through the music. This thing you said about people will trust you mm. and who you are as a person, even above what it is that you've offered them musically. Exactly. I believe it. It's how oh, people can hear your intentions mm. and hear the real meaning of a song without you telling them. They can feel it. Right. So I really love the blues and am fascinated by the power and the brevity of the blues and how so much information is disseminated with so little, so little and so much. And so when I, when I sing a song or write a song like No Love Dying, a very simple, mm. Mm. simple song, there will be no love that's dying here. People have, have written me in so many different ways and put their own meanings. Mm. Ah, this is the song that my mother, this is for her on her deathbed. This is the song for my wedding. This is the song for, you understand what I'm saying? People can hear it in all these different ways. I mean, I think it takes a master to do that, honestly. And I, I think of something that Joni Mitchell once said in, in an interview that I watched, and, and she was saying how, you know, wh what against which standards does she measure herself as a songwriter? And, and, she, and she, she said something along the lines of, if I write a song and the person sees me in the song I'm writing, then I failed. If I write a song and the person who's listening to the song sees themselves in the music, then that's when I'm a success. Wow. And I love that. I think that's beautiful. And I, wow. I, I feel it, you know, I, I know what it feels like to listen to music and to, to hear the person who's writing, written the music or singing the music and think, yeah, that, that, that's got an, an awful lot of you in it. And it's kind of about you and it's, it's closed. It's like a closed book, but I think there's a power in the, in the people who can write music and leave the space in whatever kind of space you know they respond to, maybe it's space within the words, maybe it's space within within the, the the harmonies, maybe it's you know it's distance between phrases, or maybe it's like it's just emotional, it's like it, it emotional width, you know, in amongst all the sounds that are present. It's like there's some kind of space for someone to step in and say, "Hey, this is my life as well as yours," and I see, as you say, I see my mother in the song, I see my father in the song, I see my my daughter or my son or my friend or my lover in this song, and I think that's that's the sign of a universal piece of piece of work. You know, it's it's when it it's bigger than 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 what you're than what you're saying. You know, it, it's about all the things that you could be saying, and that takes. I think it takes time and care and skill to refine one's ability to do that. But I, I hear that in your music, man. Mm. I think you do a brilliant, a profoundly brilliant job of telling a story which is not without sort of context and weight, but there's always room for you to hear something in, in, in the songs mm. that is part of your own life, you know? And I think that that's what makes your songs 
you know, even beside your voice and how you use your voice, that's what makes that's what makes your songs so so resonant in the world. I think. Thank you, thank you for that, man. I appreciate that. As this this strange time, we we talked. We started our conversation off talking about how a a profoundly difficult time that we're in and we're finding ways to be creative. What do you think and how do you think this time will affect your music and what music means to people? I mean, I don't know if you had to consider what music you'll release now Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate now? Mm-hmm. Should I hold it back uh, because of the environment in which we're releasing the music? What do you see as the goal and the role of music and musicians moving forward? That's a great question. Um, beautifully phrased. Um, well, I would say that one thing that I feel I've been living my life to a flame. I've been living my life in the light of for the last few years, which is a myth is that, you know, you'll, you'll run around the world, you'll write all the music that you want to write. And then somewhere at the end of it, there's a big thing that you have. That's like, yeah, I've done it. (laughs) I've really got it. I've, I completed it. It's done. I've, there's nothing more to prove. Um, I, I feel completely content, you know, and, and uh, thank you and good night. You know, I, I, I think there's there, there's a myth that people kind of have that, that, that there's a, that there's a destination, you know, and and that everything it has a meaning and there's a big goal and and all this stuff. And honestly, I think that for me that was most apparent in my life when I was in in education in school when I was a boy and and it was like you're going to learn all this stuff, and the reason for your learning is that you're going to go into the exam and you're going to nail the exam and you're going to come out with a result. And the result is going to determine who you are and why you are as you are and like what you stand for. And then that's going to mean you can go on and do the next big thing, like go to college or get a job or start a family or whatever. And, and I think, I think I, what I've realized recently, especially over the, over the pandemic, where I haven't been able to be as, as distracted as I'm used to by all the crazy stuff that I've been doing is, is when you think, well, what's it all for? And I think you realize it's, it's not for anything. It's not for anything. There's no reason why we're all here. There's no reason why we're all making music. But that is such a relief to me, you know, because it it does not decrease how significant the world is and how much there is to celebrate in life. And in, in some ways, it, it increases it. It's like, don't try and keep it one way forever. Don't try and stay young forever. Don't try and be creative forever and keep your ideas sustained. It doesn't matter. Things rise and fall and it's good. And that's the way things should be. That's the way things are in nature. So I've kind of let, I've allowed myself in this period of time, besides just having been really busy working on projects and finishing stuff, to fall back in love with the part of music making for me that I initially fell in love with as a boy, which is I'm going to make music for no reason. I'm going to do it because I just love it. And I think I could learn something from it. And I just want to get a kick out of it. And I, I, I want to get higher from it, you know, and, and, Music, music does that for me, and I think it, I'm sure it does that for you as well. And and I think that having climbed back into that way of thinking about music, I'm really excited moving forward. In response to your question about how fresh the world of touring 
as as one example is going to feel after this little gap because when when we ever have a gap otherwise you know people <laughs> people are ravenous right now for the, for the experience of being in a room they're so ready they're so ready to be celebrating and be free and give each other love and and hold each other and people are just so desperate and i i think that that will come it will happen and when it does happen i think we will all be a little bit wiser a little bit older and i think it will be it will be a, a celebration an unbounded celebration beyond measure that when we can be in rooms together and sing together and play together again and and really and really experience what it feels like to be human and if there's one thing i think music is good for and has always been good for and, and i wouldn't even say good i'd say crucial for it's it it describes what it's like to be alive it describes what it's like to be a human being and be alive and i think that what i hope for myself which is all i can really actively hope uh is that i i can i can enjoy and i can resource from this space more ways to tell those stories and more patience to tell those stories and more perspective to tell those stories beautifully beautifully said uh in in everything that you do here forward continue to be yourself i think what you're doing this these these are these are the byproducts of our existence and the byproducts of our music melding cultures on stage giving respect to the blues and to soul music incorporating that into classical music mixing it with your genius what we do on stage is giving respect to cultures it affects people who are listening and they see well wait a minute wait a minute here he is with all of his his intelligence and his gifts and he's finding a way to bring cultures together in his genius whatever you want to call yourself there are other things you can you can hang on your name a cultural ambassador we are that as well mm. you bring in elevating women and 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 elevating cultures who have been looked down at before i don't know if you 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 may not win a grammy for it but it's 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 a it's a gift to the listener and the people that are watching your career so realize that you have that uh as a gift that you bring into the world as well there's a whole bunch of things that music does and can be and will continue to be i know people need it and so what my advice to you as a fan is to just keep being you man mm, and in that you, in that is it's 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 sufficient man it's sufficient and don't feel the pressure or the yoke of of this thing that <laughs> that the industry builds up over your head mm-hmm. just continue to be you and it's, it's 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 nice to watch nice to see and every producer that i ever work with is always like man that dude man woo <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome oh greg th- thanks for saying that man that that's yeah. that's really brilliant to hear and, and yeah uh, you know i i i honestly I, I feel the same way about you i think you have such a presence in the world that no one else has no one carries what you carry the way you carry it I think you're you're such a kind of blazing light um, for 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 people who who want to be sonorous, you know, and sonorous in so many ways, and sonorous with their voices and and with their with their presence and with their storytelling, you know. It's a it's a really beautiful thing, and you're you're a real shining light to me and and to many many people. I think about what yeah, just what's possible in the world and yeah. and, and what's important, and I, I really I appreciate you for for asking me to hop on this. 
yes, yeah, very know, cool. This, this podcast and have this conversation. It's it's beautiful. Thank very you. cool. It was a very very cool conversation. There's one one there's one YouTube moment. It was Quincy's uh, 85th uh, birthday celebration, and you were you're in the audience uh, with um, Corey Henry. Corey Henry. <laughs> And both of you guys are together going like, as I'm singing, me and Lettucey are singing on stage. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all you want to do. Bopping our heads. That's all you want to do is you want to get the people. It's it's like shaking their head and bobbing their head like that (laughs) and just feeling something. So, you know, I I put that on my resume when I, you know, whenever I tell Uh. someone, I say, yeah, check out this video. Look at what I did to these young folks, you know. Hey, it's a I real pleasure. That. That's man. amazing. I remember it. I remember because me and Corey were just goofing out the whole night. You yeah. Know? When, you, when you stepped up, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we, we know we're in for a good time right now. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it definitely a good hang. But uh, thank you again, man. I really appreciate thank you, you hanging man. with Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Great talk. Yeah, hope, hope, to, hope to hang with you soon. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you. And that, my friends, is one very, very cool and talented guy. If you clicked on this episode not knowing his music before, you got to go check it all out now. So there it is. That's it for another episode of The Hang. And it just leaves me to say thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out my guests from season one, including Jeff Goldblum, Jamie Cullum, Kamasi Washington, and Annie Lennox. Hit subscribe and follow. Let's all get together on our next episode. I'm Greg Reporter, and this has been The Hang, a cup and nuzzle production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.